This is Above Grade with J.S. Brown and your host, Bryce Jacob. Welcome to Above Grade, where each week we discuss the construction landscape here in Central Ohio. I'm Bryce Jacob from J.S. Brown Company. I'm here with Greg Hansberry for your edutaining value. Hey, hey. How's it going, man? Good. I'm really ramped up for this episode uh, because I... uh, was just at home doing some errands, and in the background, I had Treehouse Masters on. Oh, you did? Yeah. All right. Well, did and, you know we're not going to be talking about Treehouse? Well, well, I know, today? but it just got me excited about like building and remodeling and construction and stuff. So that, I'm excited. That one moment a week where you have, you put on a different hat and you learn something new. And you know, we haven't worked on your- uh, My vocabulary? Yeah. We no, really haven't. But I think there's going to be a lot of things that are pretty applicable for, for, for today's guests that I'll be able to use at home. I have yeah. a good feeling about it. Yeah, well, good. Well, well let's put her to the test. Let's do We've got it. a great guest this week and it's someone that uh, you know, we've had a chance to work with a little bit on our jobs and done a wonderful, wonderful job for us. And it's Michael Cheney and she is the owner of No Drip Painting. Hi, Michael. Hey, how's it going? It's going real well. It's great to have you on Above Grade. I'm really glad that you came in. And, and it, this all kind of uh, came not necessarily out of talking about painting, which is what your company is, but right. on a very uh, needed um, problem in our industry that needs to be addressed Absolutely. and how it's being addressed with women. We, you know, Greg, you've been part of uh, Above Grade from the very beginning, and, mm-hmm. and you're aware of what we've talked about just on each show. We seem to plug it, uh, the shortage of labor. That's right. And, the trades. Uh, and what are we going to do about it? Yeah, and so what do we do he about? He keeps it? trying to challenge. recruit me. I just don't, I'm just trying <laughs> to figure out which which trade I got I got to go into. <laughs> well, now that you've watched, that's the problem. Now that you've watched the Treehouse show, yeah. you might be a step closer. Yeah, I don't know what, what the Treehouse market is here in in Central that's Ohio. That's true. Well, you know, you can dream big, right? and there's a lot of trees. You know, what did they, right. what's that they used to say about Ohio? There was enough trees here that you, a squirrel wouldn't even touch the ground; he could cross the state lines. I think I heard that from east you. to west. There yeah. You go. Yeah, something like that. I, it sounded someone said it more poetically than I did, but and <laughs> <laughs> paying homage to squirrels. But that, we're not going to do that either today. So, Michael, you have a company, and it's No Drip Painting. No Drip Painting. Yeah, tell right. us about it a little bit. Uh, well, I'm the owner of No Drip Painting, and I've been in the business for about seven years. Um, like most people, I run into in the trades, um, that wasn't what they thought they were going to do when they were young. Um, I didn't grow up saying I was going to be a painter or anything like that. Um, (laughs) I was actually in a completely different industry, uh, the personal finance industry, and I started painting on the side. Um, Mm. I grew up with a single mom, and she was really crafty, and at a young age, she had me putting up wallpaper, taking wallpaper down, (laughs) painting, and um, really, she kind of instilled in me at a young age uh, my love for good design and, and being able to do it and create a space that you really love. So years later, uh, when I was looking to make some money on the side, uh, painting just kind of seemed like a natural fit. And from there, um, it's grown. And I fell in love with the business side of things. Mm -hmm. And then through that, have gotten opportunities with groups like NARI to start talking about workforce and and, and our labor shortage that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a big problem. It's a a challenge that we face, and and it gets worse and worse. As a matter of fact... I was in the car, and one of the reasons my blood pressure is a little high is today I was in the car talking to a client, and for five days we've been waiting to get an answer back from a trade partner of ours on what the cost of something was going to be that we're going to add to the scope of the project, and it's kind of holding the project up. Totally. And the reality is this trade partner of ours is very reliable, but spread too thin. Exactly. And doesn't have time to sit down and get me an answer that I need yesterday. Right. And it's a client that then is sitting there waiting. Why don't they care? You know, why can't I get this information? It's information yeah. I can't provide until I get it from someone else. And exactly. that exact case came into play 
just today, and that's how I came flying into the parking lot here to get with you. That, and I'm just that like, was oh you. My I heard gosh, the tires <laughs> yeah. squealing out there. <laughs> On two wheels out there. Yeah, that was me. And then, of course, as you know, uh, with the shortage means that there are increased prices and things yeah. like that, which, of course, affect you and your customers and, and all of that as well. Yeah. So the client is like, wait, what? That's the price? You got to be kidding me. Should we get another price? I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. Shouldn't even try. <laughs> that's you right. Know, I don't have another five days. So, um, so you have women working at your company. We do. So we've got a team of about 15 right now, mm-hmm. and we have four women. Two are painters. Um, and then, of course, myself and then a girl that works very close with, closely with me to help me run the business, essentially. All right. So that's good. You know, it's, it's really interesting. When I first got into the industry um, heavily, it was in 2004. And in 2004, I got involved with Neri right away, which you know Neri because we've had mm-hmm. Sherry in here right. and Greg knows Neri real well. And you're a member of Neri. Yes. And so long story short, I got involved with Neri and on a national level, I went out to Neri National and there were probably three or four women out of the two to 300 people that would attend these annual meetings uh, that they would have, or I should say semi-annual. There were a couple board meetings that they'd have. And there were just a few women every every time. By about my fourth or fifth year involved, the percentage of women to men was growing tremendously. Okay, And they weren't just in secretarial or administrative roles. Right. They were in key design roles or they're in key leadership roles within a company driving the direction of the business. And I was very fascinated by that because we were also building our business around women. And one of the things that I've always been responsible for is our sales force. And as we've had women come into our sales force, they do a phenomenal job. Awesome. Because of the connection they have with our primary female buyer. Absolutely. And there's a more emotional connection and they have a tendency to understand the female mind better than we guys that kind of bulldoze through everything. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) We pretend we know. Sure. We don't know anything. We pretend we know everything, but yeah. And and so there's tremendous success for women in this industry. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I feel as though even in Columbus, Columbus is a good market um, to be a female and be in the industry because- I can't tell you how many times I'll talk to a, a client and they purposely have reached out to me because I'm a female in business. And I think that there's a certain level of, you know, respect for that, at least in the Columbus area. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there is. There's more more attention being paid to it and more respect for it. Right. I also think the the skilled trades has become more professional as a whole. Absolutely. That, that tide has kind of rise a, a bit to where we have a more professional uh, approach that uh, skilled tradesmen are taking and tradeswomen. And there's more sensitivity because customer service has kind of died on the vine over the years. Absolutely. And so in the, in the service area where we, we get the opportunity and the privilege to be in people's homes and around their families, um, there's a realization that we also have to up our game on communication. I, and, I, I couldn't agree more. As a matter yeah. of fact, you bring up a really good point because I think um, those that are in the field understand that professionalism and, 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 you know, how that's really required to be successful. But when I kind of, you know, have done a little bit research preparing for this and just some of the conversation I've been involved in, the perception of the trades for the younger folks, especially millennials, don't really see that professionalism. Um, You know, when I was going to high school, I graduated in mid 90s um, and and the vocational schools that were available and and the trades program as a whole was really thought of as, well, you only do that if you can't hack it in high school or if you can't get good grades. 
And unfortunately, I think we're seeing the the result of that now with the shortage. Um, but you're absolutely right. To be successful, it does take a certain level of professionalism and and um, customer service at NoDrip, we really focus on the customer experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, often people don't realize that that's a huge part of being successful in the trades. Yeah, absolutely. You're only as good as your weakest link, uh, right? Yeah, and so sure. it boils down to your to your people. And we have found, you know, there's a lot of studies, of course, and it, it's not hard to figure out this answer, but females are the number one buyers of product in home services. Mm-hmm. And so we find that their number one complaint is the comfort level with individuals who are in their home. And in, in a majority of cases, it's been men. And to, to my point, I joked about it earlier, but so many times we're so task-oriented, we're head down, and we're not as in tune to the surroundings or to the emotional impact we might be having sure. on someone's personal environment. So there's been a lot of training that's gone into that, but also having females come in. I mean, we have an electrician who's a female and, you know, people love Robbie. Awesome. You know, she's wonderful. She's in their homes. And they're like, oh, Robbie does such a good job. And, you know, she's just wonderful to be around. Right. And she's just in tune with something at a, at a different level. So um, there's a, a deeper emotional connection sometimes to what what is being done in the home. And female can feel that in the presence of their own home. I'm sure you experience it oh, and why your yeah. business has grown and why you were able to Absolutely. say, hey, you know what? this needs to be my full-time thing, not just a, you know, yeah. a little money maker yeah. on the side. Yes, you kind of hit the nail on the head because one of the pieces of feedback that's... I've gotten over the years is that, um, you know, because I'm the one that's still doing the estimating and the project management in the business, um, there's a, a level of trust that's there because mm-hmm. I'm a female. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. that that we know that that might not you know, necessarily always pan out to, to be true, but that certainly is a perception as well as um, paying attention to, de- to detail. Um, people assume that because I'm a female, you know, we, we do all those things. And of course we do, right? <laughs> we pay yeah. attention to the detail. We, uh, what was she saying? I, I, what? 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 I zoned out. Huh? She saying something? <laughs> um, so yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. You know, there's, um, I was pulling some stats up because I like to be prepared for these things. So I don't have these memorized, but this, I thought this was pretty interesting. Women in construction only make up 1.2% of our skilled workers in totality. And so that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's actually a, a larger number than you might imagine. Mm-hmm. And it's growing. And so I'd be curious to check in on that. But do you know what the number one role that women have is in the skilled trades? Greg, do you? I didn't. Well, I'm putting you I cheated. I just looked ahead. <laughs> oh, see. Sorry. Well, because I was, I was, right. I was interested. This is, this is interesting. So yeah, share it. That's welders. Okay. You know, so steel workers mm-hmm. working with, you know, working with steel. And then Very we have cool. electricians, which we've seen that. You know, right. I mentioned Robbie just a second ago. But then carpenters, which I was excited to see that because I'm still waiting. And if you're out there, and you're a woman who's a good carpenter, please come work at JS Brown because we've got a great team. We're looking forward to having some female carpenters on our staff. We're looking for good people in general, period. But, you know, we really look forward to having a nice blend of skilled professionals on the team. And then plumbers and then gets into HVAC technicians and then so on. So those are just some of the high-skilled trades. Right. It's a good living, too. I mean, totally. it's crazy. It's just a really good living, especially it, right now for people in the trades that are so in demand that, like you said, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head since we're going to use carpentry terms. Um, <laughs> for uh, you, you, have, uh, you have this demand for people and that supply and demand. Economics 101 is the cost is going to go up with the demand. And since you have a limited number of people 
we're all at the mercy of those costs going up. Totally. And so totally. I have a question. I mean, yeah. you, you joke about getting me into the in, <laughs> into the industry. But <laughs> Not like, anymore. But well, but say like for example, if I said, "All right, I quit. I'm going to become a carpenter." How many years are we talking for me to actually become mm. a skilled carpenter to, that would be worthy of your uh, of of your of your work? I mean, I, it I think three it depends. Years, four years, eight years. I mean, I mean, obviously, just like anything else, the more the more experience you have, the better you you become. Well, there's I think there's two pieces to it. There's and you, you can speak to this as well, uh, Michael. But there's some people just get it and pick it up really quickly, and they very very quickly understand uh, the fundamentals of what needs to be mm-hmm. done, and they get it. They're good mental processors. There are some people. That have been in carpentry for forty years that, <laughs> That's true. that don't, get don't know what they're doing. I mean, it's true. Because it, it, it is like true. any industry. Isn't now, it? which side of the scale do you think Greg would fall on? You know, I think we need to go to break. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. I've, uh, I bet I'd be right in the middle. I mean, because I I have zero experience except for stuff right around the house. Yeah. But I think I could pick it up a little bit. I mean, just just from the hour that I'm here with you, I've, I've yeah, I get a lot. And painting's a, a little bit different. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we we can occasionally take on painters without any experience, and if they want to work hard and and uh, you know they're pretty good with detail, we can usually turn them into pretty good painters if you have the drive to do it. Um, it's it's I think it's a bit differently different when you get to carpentry and you know of course obviously uh, electricians mm, and plumbing right, have a different right. well, training behind mm-hmm. all of that um, and and often you know I think because of that uh, the painters don't sometimes make the list when we talk about the trades uh, because I don't think it's as viewed as is skilled. Now, of course, I have a different take on that. Sure. Ooh, and do. I do too. Is. So I'm about to fluff your feathers in a second. So you you keep going. And, you know, we do a lot of custom spraying and things like that. And there really is a skill behind it. You yep. touched on even the pay. Uh, I think people these days will be surprised at what you can actually make if you're, if you're you know, par- part of this. I mean, my lead painter last year uh, made close to $65,000 a mm-hmm. year. And people don't expect that painters are making money like that, but they certainly can. Yeah, well, and they're doing a lot of painting, and mm-hmm. so and they're good painters. Absolutely. So I, I'll tell you my here's my feeling of painting. I hate it. Okay, and but that's a good thing. You're, right? It's a good <laughs> that's thing. That's why for we me. have you. You're, so, you're the kind of person I love. And I know. <laughs> see, I I did that intentionally. Now I happen to love painting because I'm very good at it and I'm meticulous and detail oriented. But it's the one thing as a contractor is as we're handling an entire project when we do painting and we're not the pro like you. It's the one thing that holds up closing a job more than anything else because it's something homeowners get very picky about because you see it. Mm-hmm. The paint is all over the walls. It's all over the ceiling. It's all over the everything that gets painted. Because and, it can literally make or break yeah, a project. You exactly know, right. if it's a terrible paint job, I mean, sometimes you can't always repair that depending on, you know, if you've done a terrible job on some woodwork, it's hard to fix that. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, and, and I think for homeowners, painting is the thing that they can see and they, yeah, if it's, it's not finished to, it's very easy yeah, they, can, they yeah. can't really see all that electrical and plumbing that that was done uh, but when it comes to painting they can usually tell pretty quickly if it if it looks good or not it's a good scapegoat the low-hanging fruit of as a customer yeah. i've i've done that it's mm-hmm. easy to pick on the painters because it's 100 percent what you see well, and it also reveals imperfections in the walls, the type of paint that they use. You know, mm-hmm. when folks go to gloss, it's going to highlight everything. You're going to get all these sheens, all kinds of different things uh, with the woodwork and, and anything that you have going on in the house, the paint reveals it. And so 
when whenever we're including paint as part of the total scope, we're working with folks like you. Sure. And so I always tell homeowners, if we are going to be doing the painter including it, I'm going to have a painter involved that's a professional painter. Right. And so if you've got a guy on the side that you like, and some do, mm-hmm. and you're that gal on the side sure. to a lot of people, I want them to work directly with you sure. in some cases. Otherwise, we'll coordinate it and we'll run it through. But Absolutely. it's just, it's not an inexpensive part to, to wrap up the project No, it's as not. Well. It's really not. So, but it, but that's good. You get what you pay for or you get what you paint for. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Drum. Hey, all right. All right. Well, it might be time for, since we're growing, it might be time for that one thing we love to do every week. Tip of the week. Tip of the week. Let's do it. All right. It's time for the tip of the week. If you're a woman who likes solving problems and can't waste time waiting for others to solve them, you may be perfect for a career in the professional trades. The skilled trade industry continues to grow at a rapid rate with its professional focus on service, and women are a driving force behind that initiative. If you want to be the solution to the biggest issue facing the skilled trades industry, join the force and change your world. And that is your tip of the week. That's It's going to work, too. I like I that. Bet there's going to be a whole bunch of women there you that go. drop what they're doing right now, and they're going to call you, Michael. Okay. And they're going to want to get painted in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a good thing that we have more and more women looking into the industry because we need them to come. We need people to come from somewhere. And uh, again, I think the the trades are really wonderful. They're not what you and I thought of because I about the same age. Right. I'm doing the math here. I'm a little bit ahead of you, okay. perhaps, but. Um, when I was in school and, and Greg, you've heard me say this before, but the, everyone looked at the, um, shop and they looked at, you know, auto Mm -hmm. mechanics and they looked at all these areas as they clearly can't do well in school to succeed. And it wasn't anything that was accurate necessarily. It was just the perception and you pointed Mm -hmm. out Michael earlier and right or wrong, I had that perception and I thought, well, I have to do more than do, do work in that area. So when I found my way into this industry, it was because of what we were addressing with you, Greg, of how long it takes you to adapt or sure. to grow into the field. I I didn't realize, but I had some natural gifts in the area of just seeing things differently. You know, I can walk into someone's home and I see it completely differently than what it looks like. And I can see it three-dimensionally. I see through walls and see what's in the backyard through a wall. And I never knew that that was really um, a unique talent uh, that people in this industry have in order to make impactful changes in, in people's homes. And I'm sure you do the same thing. You walk in and you're like, oh, this is going to look fantastic this way. And Absolutely. you see it differently before it's done. And and that trust is developed out of, you know, informing people of what something can be that helps them achieve whatever it is they're looking to achieve. And so uh, that shift for me was, wow, not only is there the opp- opportunity to be creative and watch it change the way people live, but using that, to create a career that's really rewarding in the end. Um, you know, as you heard me say, it's a privilege to be in people's homes. I mean, we're very honored when someone invites us into their personal home yes. to be able to make an impactful change. It's yeah. not just a, a you need us. It's a, it, it means a lot, you know, that someone actually is going to allow us to come into their home and impact their pets, their kids, their family, their in-laws, whoever it might be. Um, and see their personal things that are in a home and, and trust us with that. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, just being part of uh, this this event, if you will, that creates happiness for people. I mean, it's, it's such an awesome feeling after you create a project and, and, and the folks love it. And, you know, you know that they want 
their friends and their family over because they're proud of the space that they have. And uh, it literally, I think, can change their life when they wake up and they they love the space they live in or they drive up to a, a house and they love the way it looks. I think that it can have a huge impact on your life and your overall well-being. Mm-hmm. So do you think uh, low VOC paint is helping things too? I think it is. Um, I think it is. And I'll tell you what, if if not, it at least... Uh, helps people rest assured that they've got, uh, you know, environmentally friendly paint job I, really is, is kind of the big thing. You know, people are really um, kind of in tune with that type of thing now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ju- just seeing those letters on a paint can, can, I think, puts them at rest a bit. All right, teach me. This is something I could take home. VOC? Uh, volatile organic compound. Ooh, yeah. Whoa. So it's the off-gassing. It's what smells good. Yeah. You know, you're like, ooh, it smells new. Some people are like, oh, I want the VOCs because I want to know it's painted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or but whatever. But, but you know, bad. you're slowly yeah. dying. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> by every breath you take. So when you get in a brand new car and you have that new, car, new car smell, smell, that's off-gassing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all that That's all that good stuff. Right. Now you're scaring everybody half to death. I'm I'll, probably going to get I'll a go home and letter from the Ford attorney. He really cares about our children. Yeah, that's exactly right. Is this so. little VOC uh, spaghetti you're cooking, honey? Because <laughs> I can smell that Hopefully garlic it is. down the road. <laughs> Those aren't plastic noodles you're cooking, are they? Yeah, well, anyway, that is the that is the thing. with If you think about two big things, paint covers all the walls, so you get a lot of that odor. Mm-hmm. And carpet is another another one of the things. Whenever you put carpet down, you know, you walk into a room with fresh carpet, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that, all those are adhesives and all that stuff at the bottom of the carpet that you're, that's off-gassing for a period of time. And, you know, that, that concentration can give people headaches. So yeah. I think a lot of people had the headaches. Painters probably did. You guys Absolutely. were probably all just feeling real good. And <laughs> I, I never actually equated that with the new car smell, though. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's kind of, that's I'll keep that one in mind. Yeah. Well, you can even buy that new car smell in a spray can. You can. Now, so. <laughs> so they're just VOCs in a can. Good job, <laughs> everyone. all the low VOC <laughs> yeah. products. Just can't get enough. <laughs> Oh boy, comes in a can. It's a deodorant now. So a lot of great stuff. So you're involved in a committee that Neri has, which is really kind of neat. It's the Workforce Committee. So talk about that. Absolutely. So it's the Workforce Committee. It's my first year being involved in it. Um, And J.S. Brown's involved in it Mm -hmm. as well. And basically the idea is, is how can we in the Columbus area get folks, kids interested in the trades? Um, And part of that involves um, reaching out to the schools. Mm-hmm. And letting them know what the opportunities are, um, because we've identified that that is or could be part of the problem is, um, you know, middle schoolers, for example, maybe not being exposed to the idea, hey, I could have a really good career in the trades or I could become an entrepreneur in the trades. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mission of the group is to really just try and get the word out there and be a solution in this uh, skilled labor shortage we have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how's it going? I mean, what are you what are you doing to reach reach into the community, and what's the impact done so far? Well, we just kind of got the committee started for this year. Like mm-hmm. I said, I wasn't really involved last year, but I know last year they um, partnered with some of the other companies throughout mm-hmm. Columbus and uh, went to some of the um, schools. I know that they had a they hosted a big event in Delaware at the. Um, uh, career Academy there. Mm-hmm. And we have plans to reach out to some of the other career academies in addition to some of the middle schools around uh, Columbus and really try and put on some sort of presentation uh, for parents and kids. Because the other thing that I've kind of um, learned through my relationship in the Southwestern city schools, which I can talk about, is that not only is do we have to get the children on board, the kids, the middle schoolers, the high schoolers, it's also their parents. Because their parents are often, for 
from mm-hmm. my generation who have that skewed perception of the trades, mm-hmm. which is you only really go that route if you can't get into college or you can't do something else. Um, so this committee with Nary is going to kind of hopefully attack all of these uh, perception issues that we have and try and get the word out there um, that this is a viable career that you can be proud of and, uh, and, in my opinion, really help change the lives of the people you're involved with. Well, and I think it gets to a larger platform than just the trades as much as what the big issue is with what universities are costing kids that are coming out with right. debt that they'll never recover from. You're right. Only to find out that they went to school because, no offense, parents, I'm a parent and I've got a kid going to school next year, so I, I'm okay criticizing us. We want our kids because we think it's a rite of passage just to go to college because we think that's what we want for them. It's a better life. When in reality, there are so many good lives out there. The world's changed so much. Absolutely. since when, when I was in school, yeah, you pretty much had to go to school. At least we believed that to be able to get further education, to be able to contribute to society. Now we've identified all the different things in society and that the universities are a business. They're a business first and they're an educational institution second. So now Ford's going to write me letters from their attorneys about <laughs> off-gassing and all the universities are going to write me letters about, you know, going after on this Man, episode. oh yeah, I'm firing right. them up. I'm talking about getting painted in a corner. So, uh, but it's true. At the end of the day, a university is a business first and foremost. You know, they don't write charitable contributions mm-hmm. to education. They have scholarships and all those things, but that money's coming from somewhere. And so the Kids are going into school and they're coming out with a tremendous amount of debt in fields that don't even warrant that type of debt. Right. So <clears throat> it, you're one of them, huh? University of Dayton man over here who's working in the radio working station. Working in radio. Yeah. Okay. What was Proud your degree? Parents. What's your degree? Communications. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. At least you're using your no, degree. No, I'm using my degree. You're communicating right yeah, now. I am. I am. I'm, I kid. I actually just paid off my student loans. Not not to go on a tangent here. Fifteen years later. Yeah. Clear. Congrats. So, so, so it, feel, point, it right. feels good, but look it at does. how much it costs. Right. And to your point, like, I'm I'm not saying don't go to school. And I know you're not saying not go to school either. But there are people in this industry, in this building, that have didn't that didn't get uh, go to college. And they're just, you know, I'm on the same level as them. Yeah. If anything, uh, college is a, is a way to help you communicate mm-hmm. on a different level. Sure. You know, no, no, no knock on right. it, but no, no, no. it allows you to grow up and be independent if you go away to school and it helps you learn how to communicate right. at a higher level. And so there are a lot of ways to do that pre-college and you're seeing more and more career opportunities come about that don't require a four-year degree mm-hmm. or a two-year degree even, or even a degree for that matter. And so I'm, I'm not saying... You shouldn't go to school, but I'm also, I would say to my children, before you just go to school, we need to have a plan. Right. And I'd I'd rather have my kids take two or three years before they went to a university level school and they're about to take on debt or make me take on debt to get them there. To know why. To to go through four years like a majority of students do to come out going, huh, I think I want to teach or I think I want to do this only to find out now they got to go get a master's to make not enough money mm-hmm. and come out with debt. Education mm-hmm. is one of the areas where we're not educated enough to understand how that works sometimes. <laughs> right, right. So anyway, man, am I on a bandwagon yeah, right you now. Are. This we're whole going thing. Off, the, off the tracks Off the rails. No, but, but I, so I, Michael's I, over I, here going, oh my gosh, who's no, this guy? I'm just, I'm just wondering how many other letters you might get if we if you touch on other topics there that... Come on, you do it. I want you to get <laughs> mail too. 
Uh, come on. No, I'm good. Let's I, I like politics. for you to get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to write something down? And I'll, I'll, <clears throat> what are you writing down? Okay, let's see. Mm-hmm. Oh, yikes. All right. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. And no, you're right. But I think the one good thing about, you know, because this whole issue of going to college has really been in the media, really, for the last couple of years, which is why it's a good time to start talking about other options. Sure. Like, you know being a, a blue collar worker Way to full, bring it back full swing you, thank you, you like that um, but you know what i mean so really you she know maybe all of this yeah i think so the the fact that we're you know exposed to it in the media and all that and it is a topic m- maybe that will at least help you know broaden uh the view of of folks out there and 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 allow them to to see that there are other options it's also why we need women in podcasts because you, the way you just handled you, that how i brought yeah, that, you just back that, that around that nice thanks <clears throat> man you did a nice job Whew. Here I had people like, hey, calling their family members. You won't believe this guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that gets our ratings up, I guess. Maybe. We'll see. So what else? What else you got going on? Um, me personally or related? <laughs> well, sure. See, here I am bringing it back to the topic again. <laughs> Let's see how good you can spin this. Or, uh, uh, again. That's that's a tough one. Um, well, w- one thing that I was going to say, I kind of alluded to the fact that I've been involved in Southwest Central Schools. I'm from that area, and then I've coached basketball at Central mm-hmm. Crossing high school. I've been the, the varsity basketball coach there for the last four years. Um, but because of that, you know, I, I'm, I'm around these high school kids and I hear everything that they're, mm-hmm. they're doing and never, ever do I hear anything about wanting to get involved in the trades Yeah, ever. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even on their radar. Um, and you know, that's just, uh, kind of sad to me really. And even the other thing that's interesting, interest, interesting, um, in even the Central Ohio area, some of the trade uh, schools have eliminated some of these programs. And yeah. and they used to maybe focus, you know, spe- specifically on elect- electrical work. And now they've kind of combined it into an overall carpentry or uh, uh, construction, rather, if you will, um, a construction program that, you know, you get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But at the end, you're not really an expert in anything. Mm-hmm. So I ha- I have seen that they've kind of cut back some of the programs, which I think is 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 sad. Yeah, there was a group in town uh, that was BTI. Were you familiar with it? I'm not Building Trades Institute. It was around for quite a while up in Delaware, uh, up in that Orange Business Park, and they had a big building in there, and they were training electricians, okay. plumbers, uh, carpenters, um, and they would actually build a full scale home inside their warehouse wow. every year as part of their training and. I was invited to be on their board, which I was for a few years, and they were bringing um, uh, a, a tremendous number of people into the program. But it was so much you use so much material, and it was expensive to sure, run I bet. that they eventually um, ran out of funding right. and pulled out of the area, which was really too bad because it was a good feeder. You sure. look at Columbus and what's happening; you can't drive down any road without construction barrels. You mm-hmm. can't drive down any road without seeing a crane. Um, in some building being built and or drive down any street and you're going to see a remodeler sign in the yard or a painter sign in the yard so work being done. And there's just so much work being done, but not enough people to do it. Yep. Especially in Columbus. See with how the I brought hou- that back around? You're good. You're That's getting good. good. And Columbus with the housing market still just red hot. People, the, the inventory is low, right? So people have to choose to stay in their house mm-hmm. and remodel, which is great for you yeah. and, and myself. Um, but that's what people have to do just because, you know, if, if you want to buy a house, it's really tough to find the house. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
it's 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 a real um i think problem here and again when it comes back to the homeowner it just drives the price up on on their remodel and their paint job because the labor shortage you know so heavily exists yeah so where's the top of the bubble like what's going to happen greg do you know <laughs> I, love, I you see, see how, how you I did just, that you know I, the hard questions give it to a man answer. he'll yeah. screw that up uh, yeah. <laughs> we can blame him you know, I, I think i have an idea but i'll defer to you you're the guest <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you're so kind well you know it is it is interesting because we hear as a remodeler where we have all the facets of construction uh under our belts we hear homeowners at the front end saying i don't want to over improve so i don't get the value out of my home well impossible now you know in most cases it's impossible unless you're going to stay there for 15 right. 20 years we don't know what's going to happen but the way the cost of materials the tariffs i mean shoot there's another whole exactly. episode coming up uh, we talk about all the darn tariffs that are starting to hit or have been hitting i should say you know i had a, a client that i priced their project out a year ago and they came back this year and said i think we're ready to do it it was about an 18 percent increase wow. from what it was a year ago same project no change 18% increase on that project from what it would have been one year ago. And they were just in disbelief. And I said, I, I didn't bump it up to penalize right. you for not doing it last year. This is what we're going through. That's I mean, we're wild. getting it from every end right now. I mean, to buy a piece of steel is crazy. If we've got to do structural changes and put steel in a home, that's nuts. Wow. I mean, you might as well be gold. So wow, it's It's nuts. Maybe it really is a next so you're, gold mining. You're a gold, <laughs> gold mining in your own walls. Yeah, that's true. But if you think about what people are needing to put into their home, you're getting less now into your home to get a return that you that's may a really recover good point. anyway. So that's a really good point. That's tough. Everyone depressed yet? Woo! I kind of am. We shouldn't be because you're you're on the path of a good solution, and yeah. you know what? There's one out there, and so it's it's out there in front of us. But folks have to start shifting their mentality of realizing this is a really wonderful industry to be in and, and it is rewarding and the hours are, are decent. Sure. Some yeah. people are working their tails off, but it starts with parents. Okay. So when you talk about the high school and no one in the school you hear talking about the trades, it's coming from parents who are trying to push different aspirations on. You know, I have these three little daughters and my wife used to do this at their birthday parties when they were all these little things and go around while they're doing cake and ice cream and she'd have each one of the kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was, I want to be a veterinarian I want to, because they love to pet dogs sure. at that age and snuggle cats. And so they want to be vets because I think that's what that career is about. But it starts to plant the seed that they're looking at different careers that they don't understand because parents will say, you should be a lawyer, you should be a doctor, you should do this or that or the other thing. And while those are all very noble professions, there are more than three or four different avenues that you can go down. And we need to start talking differently to our kids about what the true opportunities are. Because for years, those people that were in the trades told their children they wanted more for them. And now they couldn't want anything more but that for right. them. And so it, it, we've got to get that shift going back the other way. Very true. Very true. It's even like, um, you know, when you think about it and you've got, um, you know, when kids are young, you're often buying them the little hammer set, the little tool yeah. Kit. I mean, you've seen that. I don't know. Yeah. Did you buy your daughters? Heck yeah, I did. A tool belt or anything? I they have they got oh they <laughs> okay. got their own tool bags. There I you gave go. them the my when they were babies. I had this little. It was my first tool kit, and it was padded, and okay. they had a little padded hammer and a rattle inside the screwdriver. There you go. And uh, and I have pictures of my daughters helping me with projects. I've got my youngest daughter is the one that still likes to 
do projects with me. And okay, she's, cool. She's pretty handy with everything. She very she has a good engineering mind. And my middle daughter is more along the lines that she has the vision, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. And she likes to tell you what to do. So she'll be good for management. And my oldest one wants people to do everything for her. So, okay. you know, she'll be a good client. Okay, so. there you go. Um, <laughs> so I got a little bit of all. Yeah, but, you know, the idea is when kids are young, we're putting those things in front of them. And then at some point we say, no, that's not what you should do. You need to go to college. You need to do this. Um, so there's some disconnect where when kids are young, we say, yes, be creative, use your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it does so many great things for you, especially females. I think that when females can use tools um, and take care of themselves in that sense, it can really build um, a lot of self-esteem and confidence. Um, I, I, re- I really think that. But there ends up becoming a point in time where I think parents or, again, who knows what it is, media, the world we live in, says, no, don't choose that for your career. You need to put, you know, put your hammer down and, and pick up a book and go to college. Um, and the question is why? Why is that what we're doing? I don't know. You know, I mean, that's, I, I think it's been going on for so long or, you know, a, a lady should act like a lady. And, and, and some people think that this industry doesn't allow you to be a lady and it sure as heck does. Right. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a great way to be a strong woman and represent this industry very well. And I know you do that exceptionally well. So, and we have several, you know, Monica that's been on the program all the time. She's very adept to, to being handy and knowing yes. construction. And, um, she's very ladylike, yeah. you know, she's not, you know, I don't know that I'd want to get in a boxing ring with her cause she's, <laughs> she does kickboxing, <laughs> but you know, outside that she's very talented sure. and you know, that's, we need to teach. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to do that with my, my daughters is teach them. It's so it's okay to get dirt under your fingernails and you can still clean them and still right. look good and right. still wear a dress and still, do whatever. Right. You, you know, have it if, all. Yeah. If that's what you, <laughs> you choose to do, yeah. wear a dress, right? It's yeah. just like you can be athletic and feminine if that's what you choose mm-hmm. or the two don't have to go together. That's true. Or they can they just based on who you are and, and how you want to express yourself. And it's kind of the same thing with the trades. You can, you know, have a job that, you know, maybe it's in construction and you're getting sweaty and you're, you know, outside in, in the heat that we get here in Ohio. And, you know, you can still... Once that day's over, you can be whatever it is you want to be. It doesn't mean that you can't be feminine and and have your nails right. done and those things. That's right. I, I like to get my nails done. So, so well, I kind of I saw your yeah. nails over there. Yeah, they look pretty good. shiny, right? They yeah. look pretty good. I take yeah. good care of them. <laughs> Office jobs. <laughs> All right, Michael. It's been awesome having you on. I think we'll have to do a part two and three. We, sure. I definitely want to have you back to get updates on on how the the Neary committee, the workforce committee, is coming along and some success stories, maybe even have some of the students come in that you're impacting Absolutely. that are that trying would, to evaluate their futures. That would be, be fun awesome. to have them on the program and kind of pick their brains and see what their journey has been like. So thanks for being in here and uh, we'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right, Greg. It was awesome. Can we top this next week? Do you think? <sighs> It'll be tough, but I know it's we can. Be hard. You got something up your sleeve. Well, I always do, but you know, I never like to top any other program, but I do like it when people come back in because we do this every week. Mm-hmm. We have great topics, we have great guests, and we try to educate you and make it entertaining at the same time. Infotaining. So, infotaining, that's why I call it. So if you want to reach out to us, give us some feedback, thank us for the guests we have on here, suggest one, you can do that at abovegrade at jsbrowncompany.com. That'll send us an email, tell us what's on your mind. I appreciate it. And we love your feedback too. If you don't want to send us anything, that's okay. Not all of you do, but some of you don't do. 
and we appreciate that. But be sure to check out our archive of Above Grade, and you can do that at iTunes or go to jsbrowncompany.com. And don't forget to rate and review us. We always like to get your feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's something we can be doing better, we want to do that for you. So let us know. And until next week, this is Bryce Jacob with JS Brown and Company, wishing you a great week to build from. Above Grade is a Columbus Radio Group production and produced by me, Greg Hansberry.